to the Cork and Shark Podcast. I'm Mr. Watts. I'm Dr. Healy. And this bonus episode, we'll discuss the end of the school year and what next school year might look like. Any, any insights into how the year ends, how next school year might look? So I'll just mention this. I'll tease this out kind of as we think about next year and, and maybe we can talk in greater yeah. depth. Uh, if you don't know, um, the superintendent is scheduled to deliver what the instructional program or model will look like at the first school board meeting in May. Okay. And so nothing is official until he delivers that message and the school board accepts it, I guess. I mean, I guess they could... Uh, change it or modify it you think they'll think they'll vote on that that meeting is that one of those late night 2 a.m school board meetings i hope not so i'm not i'm not sure traditionally what happens is uh uh, an issue might get presented at one meeting and then voted on at the next meeting that makes sense but of course this year everything's accelerated everything's accelerated and different and uh you know from my perspective the quicker a decision is made the better because uh, there's a lot of things we can do and make happen, but you need time to plan that out and, and work it. And it's, I, th- I think for the common person, they don't realize how much work it takes to plan for the coming year. Just a quick example of that. You know, most people are familiar that from like uh, mid-February to mid-March, we're scheduling students on the classes they want for next school year. Mm-hmm. And then from from that time until really up until the end of the school year, uh, myself, the director of school counseling, the assistant principals, the department chairs are planning how many sections of each class to have, how that fits into the schedule, what teachers are going to teach what classes. And that is putting together uh, like a hundred thousand piece puzzle. Wow. And so, um, and every move can have a domino effect on other things and room utilization, et cetera, et cetera. I won't go into all of that. So none of that's happened this year. <laughs> we did, we, we, we did the, um, we students, did the class selections. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say, students pick their classes. Students but. pick the classes, right? But uh, we've done very, very preliminary things because we wanna be ready for whenever that decision is made, hopefully in early May, and move forward with it. And until, until we know exactly what that looks like, um, it's hard to go put that hours and hours of work in. And so um, I, I assume, you know, the, the, there's a state law now that was passed uh, that I think officially goes into effect July 1st that every school division has to offer five days of in-person instruction. Okay, so no more Mondays asynchronous. No more Mondays asynchronous. And there also has to be a virtual only option. Okay, so so those a are the, bit of both. The, that's what state law is and what that looks like exactly i don't know so for example the um the kind of concurrent teaching that's happening now where a teacher has some students here in person and some at home i think everybody recognizes was a great emergency way to handle this year but it is simply not sustainable it's exhausting it's exhausting for the teacher and the student absolutely and it limits uh, what teachers can do or are doing in the classroom for sure. And so our goal is to reduce that as much as much as possible. And again, while I don't, I'm not privy to what the model will be that's 
recommended by the superintendent or approved by the school board, I think it's safe to say that we're going to try to do, everyone's going to try to do their best to either have kids be uh, teachers teaching classes that are all the kids in person or total virtual classes as well. How that model works out and sure. all the specificities still have to kind of be played out. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and, and I think that it does. Um, I, I'm trying to think of from, from a dad perspective. Uh, what I really hear from that is the majority of my daughter's classes will be in person. But if she's taking, say, one of those unique special classes, then that special class might, if she might, you know, maybe take it like uh, I'll think of Abby, she might take it this year or she might take it next year, depending on if it was an in-person or a virtual option. But I, I think from a parent perspective, I think knowing that I'm assuming sometime in May or June or any of that uh, will help um, us as parents have conversations with our kids on, is this the course you want to take? You know, like, is that course going to be a virtual only course? Or is that course going to be an in-person course? I think will help decide whether we're virtual or in-person. And then maybe if, if we was, if it was an elective, maybe we, we pivot and we pick a different elective. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good way to look at it. So if you, if you take a class that has to be taken by everybody, so let's just say 11th grade English, sure. every 11th grader has to take either 11th grade English or the AP version, AP Lang. Right. And so there's a good chance that that class will be there's a hundred percent chance that yeah. that class would be in person and also have a virtual only option. There'll right? be enough. There'll be enough students. To everybody has to take that class. Right. But the more specific a class is, the more um, we call them singletons in the schedule. Like we only offer one section of um, what's a good example of that. Let's see. Uh, AP. Maybe we have two sections of AP physics this year. Well, I'll just say dance, right? Sure. Dance yeah. is an easy one. We only have one section of uh, senior level dance for right. CFPA students. Well, can you you can't do a yeah. in person option and a yeah. virtual only option if you only have one section of it. And so the higher level of specificity for a course, the smaller number of kids taking that course will be the ones that we kind of have to make. Um, people will have to make decisions on probably. But again, all this is just guessing until sure. those final recommendations and decisions come out from the school division. But I think that's that, that's helpful now. It makes, us, uh, makes me want to watch, maybe not the whole school board meeting, but just the part where Dr. Waltz shares his plan. Um, but then it'll, I, I think it'll have a conversation for me going back and looking at both my daughter's schedules, what they chose for electives, especially some of those hands-on electives are those hands-on electives that uh, are just better in person, we might wait until we can take that at a, another year and maybe take an elective that is, uh, that was, I'm thinking of e econ personal finance, which is probably the same in person or virtual mm -hmm. versus uh, choir. Right. Uh, singing's way more fun when you're singing with people. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. And see how the group sounds together. Yeah, yeah. it's much better. Well, that's exciting. It kind of makes me, uh, uh, I know what one of our May episodes is going to be. Uh, once we know the plan, we'll, we'll be able to have some questions about that. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this bonus episode on what the end of this school year and what next school year might look like. If you have questions or comments about the upcoming school year, drop us a line at podcast.colgetnhs.com. Follow us on all the social medias at ColgetNHS. And new episodes of this podcast drop every Monday. Thanks for listening.